Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 329. I really got a, a guest. I've been looking forward to our conversation. That is Isaac Toplin from Conveyor. And Isaac, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers of the show? Absolutely. Uh, great to be here, first of all. And I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. Uh, one of the founders of Conveyor.com, which is a micro-learning platform, and a family man. So, you know, that's the most important thing right there. Man, he's an RV fan as well. He's been RV for the past three months. <laughs> there we go. And um, I've got my great co-host with me as well, Cindy Nicholson. Cindy, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Thank you, Jonathan. Hi, everyone. It's Cindy Nicholson from thecoursewhisperer.com, and I help entrepreneurs that are wanting to create online courses. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing with Isaac the whole area of micro-learning. Um, it should be a fascinating conversation. But before we go into it, I want to talk about one of our great sponsors, and we really appreciate our sponsors. It helps with keeping the show going. And that's WP Fusion. And what is WP Fusion, you ask yourself? Well, it enables you to communicate with two key um, elements of your technology stack, and that's WordPress and the CRM that you use to automate your emails, SMS, or anything else around online marketing. So uh, traditionally, it's not always been that easy to get your WordPress website to communicate with your CRM, but with WP Fusion, it's a breeze and it works with 40 of the leading um, CRMs on the market at the present moment. So basically it covers almost all of them. And it, what it really does, if you've got a membership site, it really en enables your membership site or your learning management system um, to really um, communicate with your CRM so you can really um, find um, different messages to different people that are visiting your membership site and you can market target audience. Basically, it puts it on steroids. And the other great thing is WP Fusion have given it an exclusive deal to WP Tonic. If you go to their website, and you'll find links in the show notes, and you use the coupon code WPTONIC or uppercase, you will get 25% off any of the packages on the WP Fusion website. And that is a fantastic offer that is only offered to the WP Tonic tribe. So I suggest you go over there, buy one of their packages, and just be blown away. There we go. So, Isaac... Um, we're going to be talking about micro-learning. Would you like to give a, a brief outline of what you feel what is micro-learning and why it's so important if you've got a, a membership site, or sites, basically? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's in the name, right? It's, it's shorter content um, to align with where human behavior is at. Um, but I think it goes deeper than that because a lot of people misunderstand that 
well, shorter pieces of content, does that mean I'm teaching less or, um, you know, my robust information that takes a 15 minute video, can I still do that? Uh, and the answer is yes. It's just to align with human behavior, we're breaking it down and gamifying and doing some things that really attract people. So that was brief. <laughs> um, so, um, what advice would you give to somebody that's building a developing, building a, a online course membership site, and or, or those that got an existing one? Um, what are some of the um, key advice or some of the things you see people doing wrong, maybe when they're trying to develop their courses more in the micro um, learning methodology? Well, if somebody has a membership site or they have courses out there, the first thing they're going to notice if they're looking at the data is people aren't retained very well. I mean, you're losing members constantly. Uh, if it's a course, you may not even be looking at it, but most people don't make it through a third lesson in a traditional course. So whether that's uh, Ivy League colleges and they pay full price for those, or it's a trainer you know, selling their information online, or it's a company unless the company's making employees do it. And it's just really important to realize that we're in a YouTube world, in Netflix world. We're in a world where we can control what we consume. And if it's not interesting, we fail. And so if you're not developing things in the right way, um, there's about five components I believe need to be intact in a, a micro learning lesson or series of lessons that creates a course that uh, really retain people because it's one thing to get someone into a course, right? People can sell something, uh, they can give something away, companies can tell their employees to do something. But it's a whole nother thing when we're in the busy flow of our life to get somebody back into it. You know, raise your hand uh, right now, not really, but you know what I mean. If, uh, if you've ever been to a course and you just loved the experience, and so probably hardly anybody is raising their hand right now. And so it's really important to align that. See, content is no longer king or queen, if you'd rather. So uh, the, the, the issue here is that you, sometimes we get so enamored with our content. We're like, my content's amazing. People are going to be retained by it. It's so good. And frankly, it doesn't matter how good your content is if you don't have the other component. So what is king or queen? It is great content with a great delivery mechanism that aligns with human behavior. And that's where micro learning is transformative because there's really no other way to align with human behavior. And we can talk about aspects uh, that go into that. That sounds great. So you've got actual company um, that actually helps with this. What are some of the key things that you think your company and its services offer to help with micro learning then, Isaac? Yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned learner trust, um, I think, before we started chatting. I'm glad you did because that is important. Learner trust is do they trust your going, when they come back to your learning, that they're not going to be bored, it's going to be brief, and it's going to be um, valuable. But there's other components that go into it to answer your question, which is, you know, nobody wants videos just talking at them anymore. What does everybody want today, whether they realize it or not? They want an experience. And if you don't give them an experience, they're going to bail. 
And what does an experience look like in a micro lesson? Well, first of all, it's got to have completion. Well, that's basic. A lot of traditional platforms will have that where yeah, I do something and it completes. So when I come back, it knows I'm on the next step now. However, if it takes 15 minutes to complete because a lesson is 15 minutes long or more, then you have a real problem. So everything has to be accomplished in a lesson, not just the video, the entire lesson within five to seven minutes. Seven minutes get long. So it really needs to be brief. And so what has to happen within that five minutes, let's say, uh, they need to be taught something valuable, straight to the point, no fluff. I mean, people just want the information. We're in a bail it world, right? And go to the next thing. So uh, it's got to complete. It's got to recognize me for doing something. So we're in a world where what happens on social media? We get recognized Every time we do something with a like, a comment, uh, you know, more, more people saw it, whatever the case is. And so it's got to be recognized. There's got to be gamification and it's got to engage me. I have to be able to engage with it, whether it's answering a poll question, uh, drag and dropping a dial one to 10, rating something, uh, doing a collaborative answer where I can see everybody else's answer afterwards. It's got to have some kind of engagement and you got to accomplish all that within five to seven minutes. And the last piece to that, is it's got to be beautiful and mobile. It just has to be. So the big fallacy is a lot of these platforms build for PC and make it work on mobile. And really, more people are on mobile. So it makes sense now to actually build it for mobile, but also make sure it works on those PCs over there. And that's really important because you build software differently in the user experience if it's built for mobile. Um, and then if you're notifying people, this is really important. If you're using just email, you're going into a place where people feel guilty. So if you're having them do something that's optional, like consume your course, well, everybody think about how many emails are in your inbox right now. And if you have less than five, you are like not of this world. Okay. So you are like an unusual person, which is cool. Uh, it's good to be an unusual person, but most people have a big inbox that's constantly get, getting stuff in there and it's hard. So if you're getting, if you're notifying people by email of a new lesson, like you're dripping out, which is a really powerful concept to drip content out to people, um, you are subconsciously adding to this guilty feeling they have of their inbox. And as soon as a few of those notifications stack up and they don't get back to your course, then they're just going to kind of go, this is too hard for me to take. I'm too busy right now. And they're going to delete those emails and probably not continue that course. So we're seeing just-in-time notifications, uh, real-time notifications, whether it's a text message or in-app notification, are much more powerful. That sounds great. I'm going to ask you a, a more big, more kind of fundamental question. You know, obviously you're not an academic, but you're an entrepreneur and you're really committed to online education, Isaac. Do you any of the research, do you think that we've got a better idea about how actual children and adults learn fundamentally and why they don't learn? That's a, wow, I love that question. Um, you know, it's funny because I have seven kids and every one of them is unique and different and learn completely different. Yeah. 
And so it's really fascinating how different people are. And traditional education, frankly, I didn't really fit into the mold. I felt very well to learn in the classroom style, sitting there and just listening to information. Um, so I'm a more of a do it and experience things kind of person. So I think that there's tons of data out there on all the different learning styles. And that's why in your lessons, you've got to hit all different kinds of people. There are people, by the way, that appreciate long form content. There are those people. However, it's just, there's a very small amount of those people, I think, that are going to you know, spend that time. And so, you know, some people might be listening and go, give me, give me the longer video. I'll just, you know, my own time, I'll digest it and so forth. And I would say even with those people that are willing to go through longer form content, big written text and all this stuff, the chances they actually get to it, even if they like it, are just slim. Whether we're busy or not, we believe we are. And it's, uh, there's so many competing priorities today. Um, I just think that... Um, all learning styles, um, this fits really well with. And, and again, I'm not talking about, let's say you have a 15 minute video. I'll give you guys an example of a doctor. Okay. This is kind of interesting because what more deep, important information would be training doctors, right? Where you can't get that wrong. So I was talking to a head of learning at a major uh, hospital group uh, that has actually 15 hospitals and he's developing the e-learning. Well, he really shifted to micro-learning on his own, doing it in kind of a rudimentary way, which is just short videos on a website and doing the best he can. And he finally, this doctor was over and over again teaching the same concept to new doctors. And he took out his iPhone and he shot uh, a video of what he was doing in like five minutes, a very short, and he put it up and the doctor was like, at first, like, oh, how dare kind of like this, how dare you? You can just pull out an iPhone and capture this. We need to do this really well, you know. Uh, but at the end of it, he was like, I have been teaching that same concept over and over again and hoping we could replicate it someday. Now, you literally just pulled out your iPhone and you shot it. And now we have it. This is wonderful. And it kind of transformed their thinking about this, which is, hey, let's lower our standards in some places just so that learning is actually happening because you can't create an organizational culture. You can't create a learning culture and drive it with learning unless you have enough learning happening because culture isn't created by events. Yeah, I, I think I'm getting the drift there. That's that's really an interesting answer. Thank you so much for that, Isaac. Um, no, that was a really thoughtful answer. I can see where you're going now, actually, with that, actually. Um, we're going to go for our break, and when we come back, um, Sydney's going to take over, and we're going to delve some more into this fascinating subject of micro-learning. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast 
We're coming back, folks. Isaac's been a great guest. We've had a good chat so far. And the bro- the more intelligent side of the show is going to take over in a minute. Uh, over to you, Cindy. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, hi, Isaac. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I, don't yeah. know if, I don't know if you've noticed on while we've been on video, I've been sitting here nodding my head vigorously to pretty much everything you say. Oh, good. I like I'm, I'm an instructional designer, so I've done tons of training and, and courses for people. And, and I work with entrepreneurs right now. And one of the biggest things that I have to help them with is to break their content down into little micro learning lessons. Yeah. They, 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 they balk at the idea of having a five minute video. They have no idea how they can deliver it. And so I'm just nodding my head because like you and I speak the same language. It's, it's, it's so awesome. Cause I, I, love it. That's I, came, great. I came from the corporate world where I, you know, did, it was corporate trainer and that was constantly my thing. How can we make sure that the people learn the material, but then can apply it, right? It's all about, it's all about ROI for the investment yeah. of training. So anyway, I love everything that you're saying, Isaac. I love this business. So I, I'm actually curious because I kind of come from a training background. How did you get, even into this field and doing what you're doing? That's a really interesting topic because I'm not an academic person necessarily. I've graduated college, obviously, but um, I, you know, I was um, in direct sales for a long time of all things. And I had uh, two states, 32 physical office locations. And we were at the end, I was doing about 10 million a year in revenue. And I left that when I was doing very well. But what was interesting about that is we recruited college students and I was there for a long time. I developed lots of leaders and had organizational structure, about a hundred leaders. And it was very interesting to um, be in that because I really understood where human behavior is going, not only from my own experiences, but being around so many young adults for such a long time and working with them. So that's one thing, which is not an academic background, but a real deep experience background. I would say the next thing I did is I built an e-learning agency. And the reason I did that is because I've, you know, I'm a paid speaker and executive coach and I've done those things before as well. It's just because I'm passionate and fun about really fun. I love impact. And I thought, what a better way to build a company that expands the impact of these really amazing people with incredible information. And so we built it to 43 employees with two video studios. We did the production side of e-learning on a publishing model where we take a cut forever on, on, uh, you know, whatever they sold or their content for or their courses. What I learned in that is there wasn't any software we could use that aligned with human behavior. And I was deep in the space talking to deans of universities and, you know, big publishing outfits to the celebrity influencers and all these people would fly out and, yeah, I was deep into this and I'm like, why hasn't somebody created something from the ground up that was built for the learner that aligns actually with where human behavior is and is going? And so that's the genesis. And so I ended up closing that business down. Uh, I have a different business partner with Conveyor and we already had a profitable company with a different product and things were going great. And Stephen and I decided to you know, build Conveyor. So Kind of a different background, but uh, we got to a great place. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I love how you just recognize that there was a gap, right? And because I kind of often feel the same way as well. We we kind of have we have the people who create the products, but then there's the learners. And if you can get something designed for the learner, 
then that's going to only reap benefits on both sides. So I, I appreciate that because I'm always advocating for the, a really good learning experience. Um, so, so again, let's kind of help compel these uh, content creators to, to create, you know, micro learning. Like how do we get them, convince them to, um, you know, you know, do more bite-sized learning. So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I have a, I have a lesson that I want to teach. It'll probably take me about 20 minutes, you know, to deliver all of the content. What is your advice and the reasons why you give your advice for, to do it more um, brief, um, bite-sized pieces? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And so we're caught in this mindset of it takes 20 minutes or something. And a lot of people are, so this is really good. It's, it's, um, let's, let's turn that into three micro lessons. Okay. And say it's 20 minutes. And so we're going to get rid of five minutes of fluff. Okay. So now you're down to 15 minutes. And so I always, and I always say, Hey, that takes more preparation, right? So, you know, doing less, remember the Gettysburg address was what, you know, just a couple minutes. And it's one of the most famous messages of all time. I was just in Gettysburg, right? Where he, you know, Lincoln gave that message. Incredible. So that was on top of my mind. It's like, okay, sometimes it's a little harder to do a smaller message, but it's more powerful you want to speak directly to your audience. My advice too is like, bring it down, look in, straight in the camera and talk as if you're talking to one person. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be one learner sitting in front of you. And so you want to talk that way. You don't want to talk as if you're on stage, like a platform speaker. You want to talk intimately to one person and coach them and help them with whatever you're teaching. Um, I would say too is that um, you can still do the 15 minutes. It's just going to be three micro lessons. And the benefit of that is that they're going to complete sooner. So now they can do a little bit now in between something and do a little bit later and you're more likely to get them to do it. Here's an example I usually share with people is that when my first child, I was a new dad trying to figure this whole dad thing out. I hadn't been around kids very much in my life up until then. And she wouldn't eat any parents relate to that. She wouldn't eat anything. And so I got the biggest plate possible, big white plate, and I cut the piece of pizza into the smallest sliver I possibly could. And I put it right in the center. And I said, I don't know if you're able to eat that. It's kind of a big deal. And she's like, of course I can eat that, Dad. And she eats it up. And long story short, at the end, she ate two full pieces of pizza as I continued to do that. I think the psychology of consumption is when we feel busy and overwhelmed, we can only take so much. And so I think when we explain that to authors, um, they really get it and they buy into it pretty quick. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% and everything that you're saying. And for me too, it's, it also, it's easier for the creator to go back and edit and change things if they have only little modules to take out, but it's also better for the learner because, you know, based on my own experience of doing like participating in online courses, if I see a video that's 20 minutes long, I'll be like, okay, there's no way I can do that right now. So I'm out. Whereas if you yeah. see smaller pieces, like, okay, I got, I got five minutes. I can go through this. So there's just so many win-wins on both sides that. Oh, um, you say, yeah, you say a very important point I want to touch on. That was really important is that the more, uh, the longer your videos are and the more you put into your videos, the less relevant you're going to be. Because just think about how much you invest in editing, all this editing, all this work. One little thing is wrong in that video, outdated. What's the likelihood you're going to go back and change it or even remember that it's outdated? Well, hey, people today, they get one lesson that has something that's not relevant anymore. They think your whole thing is irrelevant now. And so you hit on something so important that let's take the friction out of the production and let's 
count on the software to bring the videos to life versus all of the pressure being on the video production. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, so when you're talking about software, you'd mentioned gamification. Um, and I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit more because, again, I think it is a huge element to um, help assist with the completion rates of courses. So, so can you tell me, you know, what are some things that people can include as part of their course to, you know, from a gamification? I don't want them to be thinking it's like video games. Like what, what is gamification and what are some examples of, of uh, that you can, how you can incorporate in your course? Yeah, people really misunderstand when learning people say gamification, that's for sure. So, uh, game, you know, LinkedIn, everybody will understand LinkedIn. Gamification is the percentage of your profile that's filled out and the name LinkedIn calls you. I think I'm like an a all-star right now because it's 98% completed. And I'll tell you, over time, that's probably motivated me to finish my game profile on LinkedIn. So that's gamification. It's as simple as that. It's, it's the ability to engage maybe in a poll question afterwards. So yes, what, you know, some of the things are, well, you, first of all, I really believe you got to give them achievement currency and achievement currency is literally points, simplest points uh, for completing something. You can give everybody the same points or you can give them variable points based on how they're doing it depending on the context, but you know what, if they get points and their name is on the leaderboard, what is their parents instilled in everybody's minds? Most parents is that your name is mean something. Okay. So our name is powerful. So they want their name, the fear, the FOMO of social media, fear of missing out. Now you're tapping into that, which is good uh, because they don't want to miss out where their name, what their name is associated with on a leaderboard with other people, even if they have no idea who those people are. Okay. If they do know who they are, even better in a department in a company or something. So you got to do that. Um, you've got to have some social learning in there. Social learning is literally, well, you could say the, the leaderboard is, has an aspect of social learning because I can see other people and so forth. But also one of the things we did was in a poll question, instead of just answering a poll question, giving them immediate feedback instantaneously right on their device of how they answered compared to everybody else with anonymous percentages. So, oh, interesting. I'm in the minority here in what I think about these four possibilities. Or, wow, everybody's thinking this the same. I'm not alone. You know, so that's really powerful. Or the ability to answer an open-ended question where there's a box and I can type as much as I want. But afterwards, I can see my name with my answer in a list of everybody else's answers. And obviously, the video would let you know that ahead of time. But that's really, really powerful to have some of that social learning in there. I think another thing too is um, challenging people in variable points. I'm really into the competitive side, healthy competition. Some learning professionals are like, oh, let's just give everybody the same points. It's like, oh, let's give everybody the same trophy that played soccer. I don't really completely agree with that, but that's okay. Um, I think when you do variable points, it's really compelling. Like let's say they have, oh, here's a big one that people appreciate live training. How much do people actually retain from a speech? And what is the behavior change afterwards because someone gave a speech? You know, I have a lot of professional speaker friends and they will even confidentially admit to me, very little behavior change happens when a company spends $15,000 to hire them. It doesn't mean it's not a good thing. You got to make this event great. You know, you got to have a good feeling afterwards and all that. Get it. What if now you could do a reinforcement campaign where you dripped micro lessons out to people 
after you spoke that now actually created behavior change with the principles you taught. And what if, on this last gamification tip I'll give you guys, is you challenge them with a question, multiple choice, one right, three wrong. And every time, first of all, I measured the speed. So uh, the faster you did it, the more points you got, but you didn't even actually really know that. What you did know is that every time you got it wrong, you lost 150 points and you could keep choosing until you got it right. And boom, when you get it right, then boom, the speaker comes on for a two minute video of why that's the right answer. And then boom, I got a different amount of points than everybody else on every question. So the leaderboard's really diverse. Well, that was done at Capital One, uh, Coke and Marriott, the same course and 75 to 100% completion of an optional course. There was 30 lessons dripped out daily for 30 days with a text message notification every single time. So if you ever think text message notification, I don't want to send too many text messages. Well, these middle managers of these big companies loved getting the text message on the phone and loved answering every day for 30 days because on an optional basis, almost everybody did it. So that's fantastic. Um, actually, actually, Cindy, we need to go wrap up, but hopefully okay. Isaac is um, going to stay on. He has agreed to stay on, and we'll be continuing yeah. the discussion, which you'll be able to see on the WP website and YouTube channel. Um, Isaac, how can people find out more about you and learn more about you and your amazing product? Conveyour.com, C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R.com. You can get a free little demo right to your phone. I'll text your phone. You can play with a dummy course that uh, has, you know, different engagement formats. Uh, Isaac Tolpin on LinkedIn or social media. Feel free to connect with me, even if we've never met. I'm totally cool with that. Um, Isaac at conveyour.com. If you want to send me an email or ask me any questions. That's great. And Cindy, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Cindy? Well, if somebody's wanting to create a, an online course and need a little bit of help uh, to put it all together, you can find me at thecoursewhisperer.com. That's great. And viewers and listeners, thank you for last month. It was the most biggest week for WP Tonic ever. We had more listeners and viewers than any time in the history of the three years of the show. So um, thank you so much for your support. And uh, um, basically, uh, we love to get feedback from you. So go to the WP Tonic and tell us of the kind of guests or subjects you would like us to discuss. Or we'll go to our Facebook page and leave a comment there. Or, and if you're feeling very generous, go to iTunes and leave us some feedback. Give us a review through iTunes. That really does help the show. We'll be back next week where we'll have a guest um, somebody in online courses giving you advice on on marketing or in around WordPress in general, but somebody that will help you. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.